Do you remember a time when Jesus healed someone in the Bible? When this guy was um, by this wall and he was blind, so God touched him and then he um, got healed. Was there a time when you were healed? I had this rash and um, um, God healed me a few days later. Yes, I had a big cut when I was walking out of church. I fell down by Pastor Sheldon's car and it's right here. There's this one time I had a boo-boo. My mommy, she had to bring me hot cocoa and my teddy bear. His name was Fuzzy. Admit it, you guys had a bear named Fuzzy, right? What are you what talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? You didn't? I had a bear named Barry. How many of you guys had a teddy bear? Come on, just raise your hand. Please, just raise your hand. You had a teddy bear. Yeah, some of you still do. Keep your hands up. We, you know, we, when we grow up, we, we are comforted in so many different ways, aren't we? Uh, when we fall down, usually we run to mom, don't run to dad. Mom kisses the boo-boo. Dad says, get up, no more blood, no more bones sticking out. Stop crying. So we're taught at an early age not to cry. Or we're taught at an early age, if you don't cry, then, you, then that equals you're not going to have pain but we understand we cry because we have pain. And today we're going to talk about a simple truth that Jesus heals you. Because that's the truth. He brings healing to us. Now, it, it, once we talk about healing when it comes to Jesus Christ, most of us immediately will think about a sickness or a disease or some type of uh, ailment. And, and we'll say, oh yeah, Jesus does heal. But the one place we probably forget about it's not the physical that Jesus only heals. We, we remember that, but we forget about the spiritual and the emotional side, the deep wounds and the hurts that we go through. Those are the issues that Jesus deals with at the same time. He, not only does he heal us physically, but he also heals us on the inside, spiritually, or when we go through different hurts. You and I will experience more broken hearts and then we will broken bones. But for some reason, when we say Jesus heals, we only think about the physical side. But today, we want to focus more on the, the inside or the soul or the spirit. So you can take out your notes as we talk about Jesus being able to bring that kind of healing, that Jesus heals you. You know, in, in Psalm 56, verse 8, the Bible tells us that God keeps track of all my sorrows, you have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. And I looked at that and I thought, why would God collect all of these hurts and wounds? What does he have to do with it? Why, why, do we, why would he collect it? Does he want to collect it so that he can remember it, so that he can remind us of it? Well, why does he collect it? Well, if you think about it, we get hurt in various ways. We get hurt by other people or by what they say. Uh, we get hurt by... Uh, co-workers, sometimes they don't mean it, sometimes it's unintentional, or sometimes we have a self-inflicted hurt. We say things to ourselves, or we put down ourselves, or we listen to what negative things come our way, and then we bottle that up, and so we have different kinds of hurts, and we don't realize we're hurt until God shows up. We suppress it, we push it down, but God says, I want to deal with this stuff, and we say, no, 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 we don't want to, but God collects them. 
Some of us don't realize we're hurt. It's like if you go hunting or if you're playing a sport or as children, you know, you go play in the bushes or climb trees. You don't know you're really hurt or you have a wound until you take a shower. And soap and water runs over that cut or that wound. It burns, doesn't it? Well, the same is true with God. Sometimes we don't know we're hurt or we're wounded. But when He washes over us, oh, there's some areas that, oh, that hurts. Oh, okay, that hurts. Or we come to church and we feel something on the inside. Sometimes we'll worship and then we start crying and we say, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go to that church. Why? Because I only cry. Every time I go there, I cry. Well, God is doing something. There's something there that's happening. Did you know that God created us to cry? He created us to cry. We know, like when our children are young, we know the fake cries from the actual cry. And moms are really good, and some dads too, that when the baby is crying, they know exactly what they want. And sometimes they say, no, he's only crying because they want to be carried, so don't carry him. Or they say, okay, that means you got to change diaper. So husband, change diaper. <laughs> and you gotta, you got you to change him because he or she is crying because they need changing. Or if they're hungry, there's a different kind of cry. And that cry never goes away as men. The hunger cry, it never goes away. We just do it differently. We become grouchy or moody or whatever it is. But that's a result of wanting something. Or there's a problem there, so we continue to cry. Well, God collects all of our pains and our, our sorrows that we go through and, and the hurt that we experience for this reason. It's like when you go to the doctor... They will ask you a couple of questions. They will ask you, have you been having headaches? How's, the, how's your breathing been? Or whatever you're dealing with. Hey, how's, your, how's your hip movement? How's your, oh, my hip movement is great. I can dance and rock and roll. You may feel like, okay, I'm healing. So your doctor will ask you certain questions. If you're dealing with a neck injury, how's your movement? Is it okay? So they'll ask you these questions. They're asking you these questions because they want to know how you're doing. And then they too have collected, like how God has collected and kept record, they've collected your history of, or your medical history. They've collected that so that when you're experiencing something, they'll look in your history and see if you've been dealing with this for a while. And God keeps a record not so that he can look at what's wrong and say, look at what you did that is wrong. Look at the hurt and the pain. He says, I keep this as a record because I want to heal you. There's, there's a, a certain thing that has happened in your life that you don't know how to deal with, so I want to help you in the healing process. The book of Jeremiah tells us, Oh Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I will be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. So why would the Bible tell us if, if you are if if you heal me, Lord, I will be truly healed. And if you save me, I will be truly saved. Does that mean there can be a fake healing that we don't know we're healed or that we think we're healed? How does that work? Why would the Bible say that there's a true healing? Well, some of us will experience this. We'll have someone pray over us or we will pray and we'll say, Lord, I'm dealing with this. Heal me. And then we're done after that. But then we see that person or we uh, experience something or we read something and then we say to ourselves, oh, the hurt is still there. Lord, I thought you healed me. But what we're going to learn is that there is a true healing that takes place. 
It's not a, a band-aid. It's not a quick fix. It's not a crutch. It's the actual healing that takes place. And just like our human bodies, that when there's a broken bone or a wound, there's a process that we go through when there's healing. Now, like the Scripture says, Lord, if you heal me, I'll be truly healed. Which tells us that there is a time frame that we go through when it comes to healing. Some of us take longer than some others. But the process is, is still the same. It's like this. When you have a broken bone, we have this x-ray. I actually broke my arm when I was in the seventh grade. Some of you had a broken bone. And so you had to look through x-rays. The doctor examined you and actually could see from the outside because there was some swelling that took place. So there's a broken bone. And when there's a break or fracture then healing needs to take place. After a couple of weeks, or in this case, 20 weeks, you can see that the bone has been healed, but it looks different than what it was before, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Now, there's a process that happens, and I want you to look at this slide. I'll now try and explain it as much as possible. Once we get a broken bone, we have so many blood vessels and thousands of blood vessels inside of our bone that when it breaks, that's where all the blood goes to. That's why there's swelling. So there's a hematoma. There's a swelling that goes on, so there's that blood formation that happens. And the blood goes there to let the bone cells know where to go to bring healing. So you can see all of these blood vessels bringing the blood there, and then you have new blood vessels, spongy bone uh, trabeculae. Did I say that correct? Trabeculae. This spongy thing that happens, that's the, that's the bone cells trying to restructure itself. And then you have this long word, fibrocartilaginous callus formation that takes place. Yeah, look that up. So once that takes place, you're still in pain. You still have that pain. And then it goes to the bony callus formation where now there's more bone there. All of the bone cells have been brought together to have a new bone structure. And now because that has taken place, you have new bone remodeling. And now that area that was broken before, it's different now, but it no longer hurts. And for some of you, when there's a broken bone and then it's healed, you can actually feel the new bone structure there. It's now actually stronger at this point than any other point in your arm if your arm was broken because that's where the healing took place, which tells me this. The same creator that made this process is the same creator that created the process when we're brokenhearted or we have a wound or a hurt. It's the same kind of process. The blood of Jesus washes over us and his blood is needed so that we can find healing. If he didn't die for our sins and if he didn't go to the cross and, his, and if his blood wasn't shed, then we can find no spiritual healing. He went to the cross so that we could be healed. And once we become healed, oh, we remember it, but it doesn't hurt anymore. But how do you know you're healed? How would you know at what point you're healed? Well, when you go to the doctors, the doctor examines you. He or she will check that spot and say, oh, okay, it, it feels good. It's after six weeks because usually that's how long it takes for a break, depending how severe it is. But then they'll examine, they'll check, they'll take an x-ray, and then they'll say, you're good to go. Or the doctor will come and start, you know, hitting around, and, and then you're saying, no, it's good, it's good, it's good. What about this? No, it's good. What about this? Ah! Oh, okay, there still hurts. And now your, your thinking is, why are you hurting me? 
The doctor is not hurting you to cause you pain. The doctor is causing pain to heal you. Because the doctor needs to know exactly where the pain is because there may be something else that, that may have been missed. So sometimes pain comes into our life, not as a result of just having pain, but maybe God is trying to heal us. And pain is a result of Him examining us and saying, okay, here's some areas that we got to fix. There's pain there. we got to fix this area. Well, how does that happen? Because I hate going through the hurt. I hate going through the suffering. Why don't you just heal me and then I'm done? And how does He do that? Why do we have to go through a healing process? How do I even know that I'm healed? Luke 4.18, it has a specific meaning to it because it shows up two times in our Bibles, uh, or two incidences. One is in the book of Isaiah where the prophetic word was given about Jesus Christ, who He was going to be, who the Messiah would be. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, when He's born and He becomes a man and He starts His ministry, He reads from the book of Isaiah in the presence of everyone there, and he reads this in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus is reading this. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And if you think about Jesus' ministry, most of the time when we talk about his healing, we think of the sick, the lame, the blind, those who are dying. But he specifically says, I came to heal the brokenhearted. Because he knows we're going to deal with more broken hearts than we will broken bones or sickness or disease. See, the hurt that we have and the wounds that we have, whether it be spiritual or physical, are temporary. Did you know that hurt is actually temporary? And if you want to take some notes, you can write that in your first point. Hurt is temporary. It is temporary. Even our physical body, the hurt that we go through is temporary. It, hurt can only, physical hurt, can, go, can only go as far as the grave. Then once we pass on, we're free from any hurt or pain or suffering. That's why when our loved ones pass away, we still hurt, but they no longer hurt. They're no longer in pain. They, no, they are no longer suffering because they're free from this life, from this body so they, are no longer, they no longer feel any pain. And here's why hurt is temporary, and this may be an eye-opener for many of us. Lamentations 3, verses 22 through 24, it says that the, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Some of us, we look at the hurt, and we're consumed by the hurt. We keep looking at the hurt, revisiting the hurt, so we're consumed by that. But the Lord says, no, it's my mercies. Focus on my mercies. Through, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in Him. So if we keep focusing on our wounds and our hurts, guess what? It'll consume us. But if we focus on the Lord, therefore our hope is in Him, then, then no longer is our hurt taking us over. It's temporary. It's only for a time or a season because you and I will determine how long temporary is. Isn't it true that with temporary, it can be stretched? We don't know what temporary is anymore. Get a temporary permit. You had that for how long did you have that? 
Or someone would say, hey, I, I just need a, a night or two to stay at your house. Oh, yeah, 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 I can do. Yeah, just temporary, temporary. Three months later, I just need just two more nights, just two more nights. Okay, yeah, just temporary. Five years later, just temporary, just temporary. Next thing you know, you're getting mail. You're getting their mail at your house. Oh, just temporary, just temporary, just temporary. Honey, the roof is leaking. Fix it. Okay, I'll go fix it. You fix the leak. Oh, how did you fix the leak? Oh, I put a tarp on the roof. What? No, you got to fix the leak. No, I did. Just temporary. We're just going to have that temporary until I can get the right tools. Just temporary. 15 years later, that's just temporary. Just change the tarp. Just change color. We go from purple to green to blue. Just change them all up. Put the gray one on. Looks more nice. It, it fits our home. Strap it down. Just temporary. Just temporary. Or someone borrows money from you. Just temporary. I, until I get my job. Just temporary. $10, $5, gas, $7. Just temporary, temporary. 10 years later, just temporary. How long is temporary? You and I determine how long temporary is. Do you want God to heal you temporarily? No, you want Him to heal you permanently. Hurt is just temporary because of God and His mercies and how good He is. We determine how long temporary is. Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes when? In the morning. Some of us, we've been weeping for the longest time over the same thing, and we're wondering, when will joy come? Joy comes in the morning. Well, morning came. Morning came and went. I'm still dealing with the hurt, still dealing with the pain. Did you know that weeping is actually good? It's healthy. Weeping or grieving is a part of the process. But some of us, we're no longer weeping or grieving for what happened to bring healing. We're weeping and we're grieving because we like weeping and grieving. Because it makes us feel good. So we think, if I can just keep weeping and grieving, then, then I'll feel better. No, there is a process, and that's part of the process. But you weep towards healing. You grieve towards healing. Now, let's get the record straight. Some of you heal different and weep different than others. Some of you, you will weep quick and you're done with the healing a day or two and you're good to go. That's called men. Some others, they may take long. I'm just joking. Some of you like fight already. You're like, what? Uh, Turning to man versus woman? No. But sometimes it's like that. But don't you dare do this, okay? I want to bring this to you. Don't you dare say this, that you and your spouse are going through something, a grieving process, and maybe the woman or the man heals quickly. The other one is still weeping. Please do not say, why are you still crying? Get over it. Now you caused another hurt and another wound, and therefore they're going to be crying. Now, why are you going to treat me like that for? So we got to be sensitive that weeping may endure for a night. And for some of you, that night is a long night. And some of you, it's a shorter night. We all weep differently because hurt is temporary. But you decide how long temporary is. Lord, heal me, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved for my praises belong to you. He can heal you in a day or he can heal you in a decade. It's up to you. Yeah, but I, I've been trying to find healing, but I'm not able to do so. 
Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You keep going to Him. Because one morning, it'll be a 10 as far as a scale from 1 to 10. But you keep going to Him. You keep crying out to Him. Oh, the next day might be a 9.9. Next day, 9.8, 9.7. It might be 9.6.99. It might be just a little bit better. But as time goes on, joy will come in the morning. But don't weep for the sake of weeping. Weep for the sake of healing. Because hurt is temporary. Psalm 71, verse 20 and 21, it says, You who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me when? Again. That means it happened before. You're going to revive me again. Or I was revived. I was living a great life. But you're going to revive me again. And bring me up again. From the depths of the earth, or like at your lowest point, or you're in such deep sorrow. He said, I can bring you up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Have you ever felt like that? That, that so many things are coming your way, that all of a sudden, you don't even know where you're being attacked from. This happens, that happens. Your job, a family member, someone uh, passed away, then another person, and then this person is going through a difficult season. Your car gets uh, crashed, or, or someone damages your property. Your home gets broken into. Something happens, and you're wondering, how much more can I take? And the Bible says, no, I can revive you again. I can bring you up again. I can comfort you on every side. Because hurt is temporary. I'm going through this book called How People Grow by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And, and they say this, We must look to God to change and go through the steps necessary to change. When we do, we don't have to go through the same pains over and over because we're living out new habits. Bad pain comes from repeating old patterns and avoiding the suffering it will take to change us. That's where discipline comes in. And discipline is related to suffering, although not the same as suffering. Discipline from God is not driven out of anger, but it's driven out of caring. Suffering involves any sort of discomfort we go through as serious as the loss of a loved one or as trivial as getting a speeding ticket. No suffering is meaningless, for God causes all things to work together for our good. However, with suffering, suffering speaks more to the experience or, or the discomfort of pain or loss. Discipline is more concerned with the goal of growth and self-control. Submitting to discipline is difficult because we must allow something to happen to us. We are being disciplined. We can't provide it for ourselves. It's just not inside of us. And then he concludes, we have to let it occur to us and then we can grow from it. None of us love the pain and the suffering we go through. We don't, we don't like when our loved ones go through the pain and suffering. But you know what is really interesting? Majority of us came to know Jesus Christ out of pain and suffering. He's restored our marriages out of pain and suffering. Why? Because there are certain disciplines that were put into place through that pain and suffering. Suffering and pain looks at the actual incident or what's taking place today. Discipline looks past that, although deals with it, and looks past that on the end result, the end goal. 
So if you're going through a difficult time, pain or suffering, or you experience that, look at the end result. Look at where God is taking you to, not just what he's taking you through. Because where you're heading, that goal, that's what he's disciplining us for. Not just the suffering time, but the discipline time. We're going to go through suffering. And we can suffer according to the will of God. But we're heading towards somewhere. Jeremiah 30 verse 17 is a promise from God. He says, for I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Psalm 34 verse 18, it says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He's close to you. Whenever you go through a, a, a difficult time or you're brokenhearted or a wound or some kind of pain, he's close to you. The question is not if God is close to us. The question is, are we close to him? Because isn't it true, even in a marriage, you can be close to each other, but be so far apart from each other. You can be close to each other in the movies, but you take the guy's moochie crunch and, or your husband, you took all his moochie crunch and he's now mad because you took all of his moochie crunch and now you're not even talking to each other in the movie. You're sitting next to each other, but you're so far apart. God says, I'm near to you, but you got to also be near to me. And he will heal even those whose spirits are crushed. He, hurt is temporary. But did you also know that hurt will hinder you? And we may not even recognize it. You can write that in number two, that hurt hinders me. It does. It's, it's a, it's a, look at it this way. Now, just as a raise of hands, I can say this now because I, I have one of these. How many of you have a favorite NFL team? Raise your hand. N favorite NFL team. I saw your hand go up, Glenn. Favorite NFL team. Favorite NFL team. Okay, you have one. Isn't it brutal when you're watching your team and your star player gets injured? Isn't it that just brutal? Or if you have like a fantasy team and then you're, you're, the person that was going to win that fantasy game got hurt and you're like all bummed? Hurt hinders you. That's what happens. It hinders. When you're, when you're, when you're hurt, you, you're going to have a hard time scoring. You're going to have a hard time being successful in certain areas of your life. When you're hurt, you're going to have a difficult time in your marriage to bring victory in your marriage. You're going to have a difficult time playing in life because you're injured. And many NFL players, they're actually playing injured. But it limits them. They're not as agile as they used to be. Or you can watch them, even as a quarterback, you can, you can tell that, okay, they're, they're not running as they used to. They're not throwing as they, they used to. Or as a cornerback, well, he's not, he's not as, as uh, he can't leap and jump as high as he used to. Why? Because they're playing injured. Hurt is, it's, it hinders you. And so I know for us, we, we want to heal as quick as possible. But do we really want to heal? as quick as possible? Or do we like the feeling of not being healed? Do we like the feeling of revisiting that over and over because it justifies our behavior now? Or do we say, wait a minute, I'm being hindered by this hurt. I don't want to live in this hurt any, anymore. It pulverizes my potential and it destroys my dreams. I don't want to continue to live with this hurt. I, I want to be healed. It's only ruining my relationships. And even though... You may live a righteous life. Even though you're trying to live for Christ, you will still experience hurts. 
afflictions and pain. We all experience it. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalm 34, verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Now, we love this second part, the Lord delivers him out of them all. We just don't like the first part. That you and I, even though we may live a righteous life or we're trying to do our very best for God, we're going to live through many afflictions or many afflictions will come our way. But the good news is that the Lord delivers us out of them all. Hebrews 12, verses 12 and 13 tells us, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down. In other words, you know that when you feel like all bummed, our posture changes. The Bible says, wait a minute, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. You know what this scripture is actually referring to? When the Hebrews were enslaved, when God's people were enslaved, their hands would hang low because it it wasn't a good time for them. But because of Jesus Christ, the author is saying, listen, those days are done. Strengthen those hands. So now it's not used for slavery anymore. It's used for Christ the hurt that you've gone through, and when the healing takes place, you're going to be stronger. Now you can be used for Christ. Now you can be used for the glory of God because you're going to have many afflictions. You may have the hurt now, but if not taken care of, then it's going to, craw- it's going to cause a fracture in our life. It's going to cause us to live a dislocated life. And I know we don't want to live a dislocated life. Nobody wants to live a life that's dislocated or, or hurt or fractured and you just live with hurt and pain. I've, I've been running, uh, you know, just to stay in shape and exercise and stay healthy. But I injured my heel about, I don't know, 10 weeks ago and playing basketball. And I landed wrong on my right heel. And, oh, it was in such pain. I never experienced that before. And so I, I just felt, you know, put some ice on it and then I'll be fine. So I would run during the week, play basketball on Sunday, still dealing with the hurt and the pain. And did this for a while. And I'm thinking, why isn't it healing? One, I know not too much blood flows at the bottom of your heel, so not too much healing can take place. But at the same time, I'm still running throughout the week, and then I'll play basketball on Sundays, so I'm still using my heel. But it hinders me when I play. So I'm, I keep saying, and I'm getting frustrated. Why isn't it healing? Why isn't it healing? Why isn't it healing? I mean, okay, think about it. For 10 weeks, I keep running, and I keep playing on it. What do you think would bring healing to it? Yeah, rest. Stop playing on it. Stop running. That's the whole point to healing. If you think you can continue on in life and just think, okay, I can just, I can just go on in life with the healing, yeah, you can, but you're still hurt. Or you're still going on in life without the healing. You're still hurt. You're still in pain. And you can try and compensate it by limping. And that helps. Or you can put better shoes and put, you know, soft comfort soles. And oh, that feels so much better. But you're still hurt. Healing has not taken place. And so this whole entire week, I didn't run. No running. And I felt it on my belt buckle this morning. That was awesome. So what brings the healing? Here's number three. The words and work of Jesus bring healing. Really? The words and works of Jesus? How does that bring healing? Well, listen to what Jesus says to you. Not what people may be saying that are negative towards you. Don't even listen to your past. 
that keeps bringing you back the memory of that hurt or that pain. Listen to what Jesus is saying. There's a, the, uh, the faith of a Roman soldier that showed the power of God and this faith that the Roman soldier had, and you're going to read it in your devotions this week if you're reading along with us uh, in, in your bookmarker. But he showed that Jesus had power behind his words. This Roman soldier had a, a slave who was highly valued to him, and he was sick and near death. So when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to go to Jesus and say to Jesus, can you come and heal my slave? And in Matthew 8, 7, Matthew records this. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. So Jesus speaks these words. He said that. Jesus said that word. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such honor. And then he continues, Therefore, I didn't even think myself worthy to come to you. And he says this to Jesus, But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Just say the word, Jesus. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed because the words of Jesus bring healing. And the faith of that Roman officer knew that the words of Christ has power to it because he brings healing just by his words. That's why being in our devotions are so important. It's reading the Bible, and, and when a scripture speaks to you, you just write down that scripture. Then you write down an observation and then you apply it to your life and then you put down a prayer. We, we call it soap. and We use that acrostic. And so we journal. I found this. Devotions are not set aside for a time in my day so that I get into the Word of God, so that I can check off I did my devotions. Or, oh, I'm so frustrated, I got to get into my devotions. I get into the Word of God consistently to build my spiritual immune system. I don't just turn to the Word of God when I'm going through something. I turn to the Word of God so that when I'm going through something, I'm not as affected as I would have been if my spiritual immune system was down. It's like our body. When our immune system is down, we're more susceptible to different kinds of diseases or different kinds of uh, uh, flu strings or, or even colds. We, when our immune system is low our rate of sickness goes high. But when we're in the same thing spiritually, when we're in the Word of God, our spiritual immune system is built up so that when certain things come our way, we're built up in the Word of God because it's His Word that brings healing. Don't wait for the hurt to come and then just jump into His Word. And, and that's fine too. But I'd rather have a strong spiritual immune system rather than a weak one because hurt will come your way. Now, how, how do you know, though? How do you know if, 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 if your, your spiritual immune system is, is even there? I mean, how do I know and how much time to spend in the Word of God? And not, You know, I, I don't know about that. I don't know if 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 2 hours a day. Everybody is different. But I do know this. If I get offended quickly or I continuously complain or grumble about certain things, it's an indication that my spiritual immune system is very low. If someone says 
words to me and it hurts me so quick or not even intending to hurt you, but you get hurt quick, it's an indication that your spiritual immune system may be low. When you get into the Word of God, you're not offended as quickly. You're not as hurt as quickly. You're, you're able to now bounce back quicker. Why? Because your spiritual immune system is stronger. And so the Bible tells us it's through the words of Jesus Christ. It's living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That's why when Pastor Charlie was talking about our Wednesday night equipping disciple, if you can make it to a Wednesday night, be here. It builds your immune system. It builds you up spiritually. Yeah, but I come to church on Sundays. Let me tell you the difference between Sundays and Wednesdays. Sundays are specifically geared for you to invite your family and friends. It's specifically done in such a way as far as our mission statement goes, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that it turns non-Christians into converts, that people find Jesus Christ because our vision is to reach the lost one relationship at a time. So Sunday mornings, I'm sorry, if you're a Christian, it's actually not only for you. It's more catered to your friends and family that you invite. Wednesday night is more tailored towards the believer. That's why we call it equip and disciple because that's the night where we start to grow and be discipled. And if you don't understand that, you're going to have a hard time being here just on Sunday morning as a growing Christian. And you're going to feel it. You're going to say this, I, I just want more. I, I want to grow more. I want to grow. I want to get deeper into the Word of God. You're going to say that. You're going to feel that because Sunday morning is created for the non-believer or the new Christian, that person that's coming to know Jesus Christ. Wednesday night, boy, we're going through our, where we have our New Beginnings group that talks about the vision and, and what we believe in as a church and a denomination. We have our marriage group that's meeting, and then we have uh, those who are going through the book of Acts. And what it does is it, it just takes us to a different level of growth. And it helps us because we're going through the words of Jesus Christ. That's what brings healing. Psalm 107 verse 20 the Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Who is, who is the Bible talking about? The Bible is talking about God's people because they were scattered in the wilderness. They were scattered through foreign and distant lands. But God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And God can deliver us. It's by his word. Now here's the work that Jesus came to bring. And here's the work of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 53, verse 5, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. That's the work of Jesus. When you have a hard time finding healing, make your way to the cross of Christ. And when you do, you're going to find healing. Because by His stripes we are healed. He took on our pain and suffering and the sorrow that he went through so that we could find healing. He was broken to heal the brokenhearted. Because Jesus, number four, and you can write this in, has the power to heal. He, just, he has the power to heal. That's, that's the, if you want to get to simplicity, Jesus has the power to heal. And you may not realize that Maybe we've been trying to figure it out another way, but Jesus has the power to heal. Psalm 147, verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. In other words, He doesn't just bring healing to us. He actually bandages us up and carries us through. 
He binds up the wounds. In other words, he takes good care of us. He will always take good care of us. The pain and the, the, the hurt that we experience. He said, I will carry you through. Luke 6, 17 through 19, Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed. He was, because they were healed, they were, able to, they were able to walk with Christ. They were able to receive from him. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. Did you know that we all have unclean spirits in us? And that may be a part of not being healed because there are unclean spirits. Those who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, they were all healed. So maybe there are some unclean spirits in us. What can we come to God with? What are, what are the spirits inside of us that may be unclean, that we've never brought to Christ, that we can do today because He wants to bring healing to us? Psalm 30, verse 2, it says, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you. What did He do? He healed you. He has the power to heal. Here's the simple truth. We all hurt, every single one of us. We hurt, we cry out to God, and He heals us. You hurt, you cry out to God, He heals us. Save me, Lord, and I will be saved. Heal me, and I will be healed. My praises belong to you, for my praises are for you alone. In other words, if we continuously look towards our wounds, that's where we will stay. But if we cry out to God, that's where we're going to head. And it's in, it's in healing. That's the direction that we want to go to. We hurt. We cry out to God. He heals us. Sounds simple. But you and I determine how temporary that hurt will be. He can heal us in a day or it can take a decade. It's your choice, but that's the simple truth. Jesus heals you. You pray with me. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, there are hurts and pains and sufferings that we go through. Sometimes we, we go through the loss of a loved one, and, and so we grieve for that, and, and it takes years sometimes for us to, to find joy in the morning. But as we continue to cry out to you, you heal us. There's a process that takes place. And we don't weep just for the sake of weeping. We weep towards healing. Hurt can be temporary, Lord. And we will determine how long temporary is because we can go to you and, and we can truly be healed. You have the power to do so. And if there's anyone here this morning, you're saying, I, I've experienced some hurt and some pain. I just don't know what to do with it. Cry out to God right now. Just call upon Him and ask Him for the healing process to take place. And when it starts taking place, you still got to deal with it. There's still going to be some disciplines you're going to have to work through because there are new habits that you're going to have to develop. It's a process. But as time goes on, weeping may last for a night, but joy 
you'll find joy in the morning. And Lord, that's our hope. Thank you for being our healer. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen.